Welcome to the Welcome Stranger Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. As always, I'm joined by... JP Maxwell, <laughs> a.k.a. The Real Chocolate Thunder. And uh, this week we're going to change the format up, just in case somebody has listened to the podcast already and got tired of our rambling and skipped out on the end segments, uh, which to me are the best parts and the funnest parts for me to do. Actually, you know, I... I want to take a second to thank uh, everybody that listened to our podcast last week. I had a chance to look over the Spotify and iTunes stuff, and surprisingly enough, we had a bunch of views, and we now have something like seven whole followers on Spotify, (laughs) and we've got some followers on iTunes, which... You know, that's uh, that's like seven more followers than we had last week and last episode. So for those six or seven people that, you know, love us as much as we love ourselves, <laughs> uh, thanks. And we appreciate y'all being uh, real friends to the podcast. Yeah. Maybe we'll start a Patreon. That or an OnlyFans. I mean, same diff, dude. <laughs> at, this point, at this point. If you subscribe to our Patreon, there's, good, there's a high probability you will get a DP. Just saying, dude. Yeah. I mean... For, for real. So what's going on in your life this week, man? How are you since the last time we podcast? Man, I have been busy. Um, Busy's good. Obviously. So uh, I got a lot of stuff done with our company. Yeah, you did. Um, you know, we're launching that, plan on launching that September the 1st, and I got all of our t-shirts ordered. Yes. I've got, we got our design back from our artist. Uh, we've got business cards and labels and products for everything else that we're going to be rolling out in September. Um, just super excited to actually have a lot of the logistic stuff for launching the company out of the way. That was kind of uh, kind of stressful to have that hanging over our head, and I feel a lot better now that we're moving forward. And we got a ninja. A ninja. We, not, not like a... <laughs> we don't have like a pet ninja. That mail order around. ninjas. I can, Kicks I ass can, and stuff. I have a ninja but, guy, and... Uh, uh, yeah. What we're gonna work on making hot sauce this week. That's exciting. I'm I'm really excited about that too. I'm stoked, yeah, dude, our, our custom honest. custom recipe of salsas. Yeah, uh, man, I have been zinning out pretty hard. I know, like the last podcast, everybody was probably like, "Dude, what's wrong with this guy? He's like, must be like permafried or something." Because <laughs> I like went on like a tangent about Alan Alan Watts, but dude, you know me, I'm, I. Just that's just sometimes that's where my head goes. I've been zinning out super hard lately, and it feels good. I'm those in a are, those good, are good place. To have. I'm in a good place for the first time in a while, man. Um, my headspace has just been very like clear and like zen and relaxed, and um, I like are, it. It's, those are the best weeks to have, man. And that's honestly that's where I've been since I started this job doing piercings um, about a month and a half, two months ago. Actually, like two months ago. Um, I don't know. I feel good. It feels right. I'm happy. It's like I'm hurting people and <laughs> I'm letting that pain out of myself at the same time. I don't know. It's like pretty sadomasochistic. That, I don't yeah, know where say, how little, that sounds. Little bit of masochism but, there. All right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it feels like, I don't know. It's like I, this lady came in and she was like hella nervous, dude. She was like really fucking nervous. And I pierced her nose and her she, she was like crying. But I think that was just like a response to the pain. <laughs> yeah, when you pierced my nose, I, I had a, a little bit of a tear well. That's generally what happens. That's generally what happens. And it's fine. And then I was like, D- 
do you want a hug? And she was like, I really do. And oh, I was man, like, that's good. So I hugged her and she was like, thank you so much. And it felt so good, dude. It felt so good. Like doing a service to somebody that they wanted. Like they pers- she like personally wanted to get her nose done. She'd been thinking about it for a while. She was hella nervous about it. We did it. I was right there with her and I hugged her afterwards and it felt good. And then she left. She paid me and then she left. And I was like, dude, I just got paid to enhance this lady's life a little bit, make her feel better about herself. And then I gave her a hug. And like, there's something like very gratifying about that. Like I'm not making like a lot of money doing piercings, but I'm hanging out with like artists and stuff. And like, I'm an artist myself, but I don't like draw. I just have that mindset. And, uh, you know, being around people that are like, like minded and like find your rants interesting. (laughs) is like, there's something about that that just puts me in the right kind of headspace, you know, as opposed to being like under the thumb at a corporate. Oh yeah. I can't company. And you know, I, I know that one of, one of the things that I always love about getting a tattoo is, and I tell people all the time, I said, I don't go to get the tattoo to get ink on my body. Like that's, that's a byproduct of it, but it's more about the experience of getting the tattoo. Oh, for like sure. there's some, when I'm looking for a tattoo artist, I'm not looking, I don't look through his portfolio. I mean, I, I glance at it to make sure, you know, I'm not going to get something that looks terrible, Yeah. but it's more about the conversation that I have with the tattoo artist mm-hmm. while we're talking about what I want to get done. It's more of a vibe. Like I want it, to. It's it's that four to six eight hours that I'm spending with that person while they're tattooing me that creates a certain ambiance and experience that is what I enjoy about getting tattooed. And I couldn't imagine you know being in that environment and getting paid for it, dude. It's mind blowing. It's pretty cool, you know. Uh, and like so, on Sunday when I was up there, the whole shop was just dead there was nobody coming in sunday morning and one of the artists came up to me she's like one of the best artists in the shop they're all amazing but like for what she does she does gray wash which i don't have any gray wash tattoos she comes up to me and she hands me this piece of paper and has like all these like sketches on it and she goes hey which one of these do you like the best and i was like that one's cool and it's like an eyeball necklace (laughs) 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 and she goes she goes you want it and i was like uh Okay. <laughs> I was like, sure, I guess. And, and, and now you have a gray wash eyeball necklace. And now I have a gray wall eye, eyeball it's, necklace tattoo on my it's leg. It's rad. Uh, we'll, we'll post a picture of it on the... Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll do a shout out to the artist. Her name is V, and she's fucking phenomenal anyway. And um, she's at Cracker Jack Tattoos in Fort Worth? Cracker Jack Tattoo Studio in Haltom City. Haltom City. Uh-huh, yeah. They are the wind beneath my wings. They put me in a great mindset for just me as a human being. I feel good. That's awesome. I uh, I gave myself another tattoo. Um, I guess that this I might as well just get this over with. I concede um, to you, sir, uh, on our UFO tattoos. <laughs> the it's overwhelming majority of people preferred your tattoo over my tattoo, and so I'm going to have to hold an L there. Well, um, I will say this new one that you just did is pretty good. It's pretty good. I tried to step my game up. Once you I did. Real, once I realized, I kind of uh, kind of half assed the last one. I realized that I got to bring my A game, especially since I'm putting ink in my body. I should probably try a little <laughs> bit harder. Um, so you're gonna give? Are you gonna give you? Uh, you're gonna do another one tomorrow? Probably. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet, so I'm really gonna think about it. But yeah, tomorrow we are going to uh, make a video for YouTube. Yep. And during the video for YouTube, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hand poke myself. 
Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm thinking about a handprint, but like just the outline of a hand and probably do it around the UFO. Oh, that'd be dope. Like the UFOs in the palm. Inside the palm. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's subject to change. I'm not real sure. Maybe I'll do a cow being sucked into the tractor beams. I don't know. A dope little cow would be cool. Yeah, but that's pretty tiny. Uh, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. So we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And when we get there, we'll post your picture of the newest one you did. And we'll post this one and we'll kind of have a... And Another little vote. Our YouTube channel is Welcome Stranger Podcast. Simple enough. If you're listening to the Welcome Stranger Podcast on YouTube, we are Welcome, Welcome Stranger. Stranger Podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, we're going to mix things up a little bit today and go with, uh, what do you, you want to you wanna call a boomer and ask him some questions? Let's call a boomer and ask some <laughs> weird questions. That's, that's, this is my favorite part. This is the reason I get up in the morning. Let's, let's call a boomer. Okay, uh, we have on the phone our favorite local boomer who is out in the world uh, doing boomer things. Uh, what are what are you up to? Uh, well, first of all, happy Taco Tuesday, if that's still a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. It's, I mean, that's right. Well, it's I'm not doing that. I'm not doing super that. racist, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't identify as a Taco Tuesday or... But here's what's going on today. I'm with uh, I'm with my girlfriend Lester, and we are at Home Depot, and we're going to rent a truck, and we're going to pick up some two by fours and some ultralight sheetrock and a, a pocket door, and we're going to go build some stuff in her house. That's what we're doing. So right. that's the most boomer answer. So you're just just enjoying a day at the old Home Depot <laughs> and and doing stuff. Um, you got time to answer some questions? I got, oh yeah, yeah, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, actually, I wanted to give you an opportunity to shed some light for the rest of us who weren't born, uh, you know, in the 60s. Uh, what was it like going okay. to high school uh, for your generation? Why don't, you, why don't you share with us one of your favorite stories from high school? Okay. Tight. Yeah. I, I I mean, you know. Or loose, whatever, however yeah, you want to I mean, interpret that. Something like that. Let's hear it. <laughs> you mean like a regular day in high school? Well, well, just, no, well I, I happen to know a little bit of intel. I kind of want to hear that story about whenever you mooned the other team after you won from the school bus. Oh, my God. That baseball story. You want to know about that? All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Shit, I forgot about that. All right. So, here's the thing. idea to moan the moon uh some of the passing motorists and stuff okay and uh and anyway they complained they actually did complain and for some reason they of all the people that did it now i wasn't the only one the whole team did it and uh but of all those guys they had to they, they pointed at me they said this guy's the one that, that mooned us well so, did you okay well happen? did whenever you did the moon did you did you also pull a goat is that how they knew it was you Batwing. Yeah, you know when you take what? your 
Yeah, you know, whenever the you goat. the goat, dad. The goat. The one where you uh when you moon, you take you tuck everything in the back so that way you can see not just <laughs> You know what I'm talking I don't about. Think I did that. Just, a just flopping in the wind. So <laughs> let me get this straight. Nobody, whole, nobody ever taught y'all the game. Is a that, whole is that school bus, a whole school bus of asses hanging out the window, and they single yours out. That's a. I know. That's exactly that. that that's exactly right. And uh, of course, you know, they they suspended the whole. They suspended me, and then they then they suspended the whole. Well, they had to postpone the rest of the games that year, which we were leaving in district at the time. We would have called it one. Wow! So they they canceled the baseball season because y'all hung your asses out the the bus yes, window. They mm-hmm. They did. What well, was was this like Catholic school or something? No, it was just no, no. It was uh, it was just public school, a little public school. And uh, at the time, I was uh, I was I was batting eight eighty eight and just crushing it. Eight eighty eight. Raking. Breaking! Wow. Yeah. I know, man. I kind of messed up my baseball career. Did you get so. your ass kicked? Were they mad at you? <laughs> Did the coach take a paddle uh, to you? They weren't really mad. No, no. They weren't really mad. They they seemed more relieved than anything. But <laughs> that joke, y'all weren't going to school anymore? <laughs> it's like they're tired of, tired of, you know, tired of uh, busting us around to play baseball games in the middle of the day. You know, that kind of thing. But, oh, yeah. But, yeah, the, that, that, that did happen. Yeah, I got blamed for that one. So, I have another question. Um, I, I recently learned that you got a uh, got a new tattoo over the weekend. A, a new tattoo? I got three new tattoos. Three new tattoos, right. You, you got your knuckles tatted, right? That's right. Do you, have, do. Do you have four fingers? <laughs> I do have four fingers. Why did you only get three have... of them tattooed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm leaving that one open because it's on my it's on my it's on my left hand, which is my ring hand. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say about that. But I do have another hand, by the way. <laughs> did you get those? Did you get that one tattooed? No, not yet. Are you gonna? Not yet. Maybe. Are you gonna get four? <laughs> no, not right now. <laughs> no, you're just gonna stick with three. <laughs> Only three. Only three. So I would like to point out <laughs> that I don't know if you realize this or not. <laughs> But if you fold your ring finger in, but you stretch the other fingers out, what what is that called? Oh, sorry. <laughs> that would be the shocker. <laughs> so boomers are aware of the shocker. Yeah. Boomers know the shocker. So was that was that intentional? Was that intentional? Yeah. Was that an intentionality? I didn't. I didn't. No, it wasn't intentional, but there's a lot of cool stuff involved here because I didn't think about the shocker. I also didn't think about the cross being a T. I didn't think about the skull being an O, and I didn't think about the base cliff being a Y, sort of. So, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff working here. Where do you want to go? That's that's fantastic stuff. Well, man, we we always love having you on the show. You you really brighten up our entire day. Uh... Uh, Sorry I couldn't be more entertaining. Oh no! Hanging no. I, I the story didn't. about your ass hanging out the window of a school bus I, I, and getting suspended for it's pretty entertaining. That's, We're good. That's it. We're good. A pretty solid. Yeah. Thanks for tale. reminding about reminding me about that. I just completely forgot it. Well, we don't want you to ever forget about that. Oh, I have. All right, well, you guys have a good day. All right, boomer. All right, Later. Bye. So my favorite part of the week is when we get to share our musical taste with our adoring audience. All. Seven of them. Uh, so, Chris, anything anything that's been uh, been really getting you through the week? 
Yeah. Uh, I made a new friend, and she showed me a bunch of obscure music, which I am a huge fan of. The I more love, obscure, the better. I love obscure music. I had it playing when you came over this morning. Uh, it was a jam, dude. I, I loved... Nothing made me happier than walking in here, seeing you <laughs> in short shorts, mopping the floor, and listening to some sort of, like, 80s metal techno something. It was, it was an absolute perfect 80s scene. 80s metal techno. Yeah, he yodeled. Over some, like, 80s techno. And then he started, like, metal screaming over it. Anyway, the band is called The Body. Uh, like I said, a new friend of mine showed it to me. And it's pretty savage. I really like it. The song specifically I'm into right now is Nothing Stirs by The Body. On Spotify, if you check it out, just just be open. Because it's pretty obscure. But it's pretty amazing at the same time. I don't even know the lyrics. I've only heard the song a couple times. But it's already, like, my go-to jam for this week. I feel you. I feel you. That's why we. That's why we do a new music of. Don't the tell week. me that's yours. Well, oh, oh no, <laughs> dude, that's so bad. Uh, oh, no, no, Chris, I'm not. So he's what he's throwing a fit about because I was listening on the way out here. I was listening to an album from like oh, no. right around when I got out of high school. So bad. Here's the veil, Selfish Machine. <gasps> I was jamming. Uh, he's throwing a, a little hissy fit, like a little bitch. Dude, that is uh, the worst type of music ever. No. I, I don't even care if we lose listeners over that. Bro. If you would... Okay. First off, uh, that album, awesome, and suck it. Two, uh, every week my go-to music is The Great War by Sabaton because it's the greatest <laughs> musical masterpiece of all time. Move over, Mozart and Beethoven. Sabaton is here to stay. I mean, there's not a whole lot of argument I can put up against that. You uh, got it right. I also, mean, I, I've been kind of vibing uh, to this artist called 24K Golden. He's got a new song out that's called Mood. Um, it's it's of the mumble rap-ish variety with the auto-tune and stuff, but uh, it, it, it really, uh, it, the song's fire, and uh, I felt like I needed to shout out to the rap community. Because I kind of ignored them last week, so you know there it is. Twenty four K golden mood. That's that's mine. I've been vibing it. Uh, what's good? Let's talk about, 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 about. Or, not, or, not, or not or not or not or not. So this is where we really get to the meat and potatoes part of the podcast. And Chris, I've seen you twitching and shaking and and just. Yeah, the vein is poking out of your forehead because you've been so excited to get to this part so that you can take us down one of your rabbit holes. So I'm yeah. going to shut up and just let you have it for a minute. I'm so excited I just peed blood. <laughs> um, I need to go to the doctor. I <laughs> got you off guard, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So I've been really zinning out, like I said earlier in the podcast. And my brain, just whenever I get in these like moods... My brain just like really um, interprets things like very strangely. I, I don't know. I've been called permafried before. <laughs> I don't think I'm permafried, but my brain just kind of stayed open, if you will. All right. And um, so a friend of mine was like telling me the story, and it really made me think about it. And it's just really where my head has been for like the past couple days. Um, Animals, like specifically like cats and dogs, 
are like perpetually in this like psychedelic realm as if they're like tripping. And if you, I started doing this thing and started looking at animals differently. Like I have a pet cat. I actually have two cats. One's indoor outdoors. We don't, and a we don't head. care about one of them. Just, there's only. There's really only one. There can only be one. He's the Highlander of cats, if you will. I, I am in love with that cat. Yeah. His name is Kush, and he's a Nibelung, and he weighs 20-plus pounds. I'm actually going to shave him today. One might say I'm shaving my pussy today, my big, fat, hairy what? pussy. So, <laughs> that's, uh, that's exciting. Anyway. So, you know what? Not, not to... Uh, not to I heard you a, gag. A, a detour. But... Is the, that shithead cat? That's the mailman. That's the mailman. Oh, the mailman. I thought that was was the the other aforementioned cat trying to sneak through the window. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, so this... There's been a lot of talk about this this WAP song uh, that whoever came out with, maybe it was Cardi B, I don't know. And it's been kind of a contentious debate about, like, destroying the minds of children. (laughs) You know, I I don't care. My issue with this song is... I loathe the word pussy. Maybe maybe my dirty talk game isn't on X Games mode. I don't know. Maybe it's even more hardcore than that. I do you use the C word? No. No. Oh. No, I I did well no. No. There's I don't not, there's no email. Like I, I don't I mean culturally I think it's hilarious mm-hmm. when Australian people <laughs> or English people use it. I it's one of the funniest words. Possibly in their, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> vernacular. Yeah, yeah. I won't say it because it culturally completely inappropriate in, in the United States to use that word. But However, which one offends you more, pussy, pussy or the c word? I just think pussy's a filthy word. It's filthy. I hate it. Like, it's not, and it's like I don't, I don't find it sexy. Like there's nothing attractive. Like oh, you want to touch my? Like, I'm just like, Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> no, I you, don't. You call it a vagine. I mean, you know, what whatever. What do you call it? Hoo-ha, lady parts, <laughs> vagina, you know, whatever, whatever. A cookie? Pants monster. I've I called it a cookie. A, I don't give a That's damn. That's always cute. Yeah, whatever. Like, I'll, I'll mix them up. I just won't use that word because I, well, I find it to be uncouth. Well, it's very respectful of you. So, I, I just, yeah, I, I just had to get that out. So, back to... That's very mindful. You're going to shave Kush, our favorite cat in the entire world. Yeah. I, I don't like I do cats. it like twice a year. Uh, you don't you, but you like Kush. No, yeah, I don't yeah. like cats. I love him. Yeah, I, yeah, I, will, I might buy a Nibelong because he is the greatest thing, just since ever. He's just a bro, and he just hangs he's out. A, anyway, we'll post bro. a picture of Kush because he's the best. The best. Uh, right now, he's chilling on my box of vintage Playboys. Yeah, there's vintage Playboys in that box. That he's Sweet. <laughs> he's guarding the treasure trove, bro. I know. Uh, anyway. Um, so what I've been doing is every time I approach an animal, even him specifically, uh, I imagine that he's like tripping on LSD <laughs> and then he's like on high alert. Wow. That's in like, so it kind of like clicked, like animals like get like freaked out, like super easy sometimes. Yeah. Like they get overwhelmed if there's like a lot of stimulus. Yeah, they do. Right? Especially cats. Cats especially are especially cats. like that. Right. And then, but if you're like super lovely and like calm and like, you know, like you like, you like go up to him and you're like, Hey buddy. How are you? Like everything's cool, man. Like you like talk to yeah, them, like yeah. they're like tripping out. They respond like hella good. They respond like really like lovey, and they're like, okay, man, like you get it. Like you kind of know where my head's at, you know. So if you like get in the head of like a pet, like and you look at them that way, it will change your life. It becomes hilarious, so like instantly. I'm going to give this a try. 
Yeah. Uh, I have I have that spastic farm cat. You do. That, you know, comes in the house mm-hmm. and stuff, and she is nothing but an unadulterated bitch. Okay, so think of it this way. So I'm going to see uh-huh. what it's like if I approach her in a very mellow, as if she's like. Hey man, like what? as if she's like uh, tripping on LSD exactly. or something. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna use my LSD, you know, gloves and, and yeah, just approach her and see what happens. I, I have a feeling I will probably still get attacked. You'll but, probably get mauled still. That's yeah, fine. She's, oh, she's but, the worst. He's a house cat. He doesn't go outside. He's too dumb. He'll like go. He'll. <laughs> he's too like lovey. Like he doesn't know like any danger of the real world. Right. So Like he, so he's so sheltered. So like, he's like yeah. He's like he's like a homeschool kid versus like <laughs> like a. <laughs> Public school in South Public Dallas. Public school in South Dallas, yeah. <laughs> Mommy, they stole my pants and my backpack. Like, I don't I, let him I out. <laughs> yeah, like, he's not allowed outside for that reason. He will get taken advantage of. They took my shoes. <laughs> they took my shares. <laughs> oh. They called me names. I'm so confused. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's my thought, like, experiment of the week, I guess. Man, that's, that's really interesting. And, you know, it's funny because... In a lot of, uh, let's call them primitive religions, um, I don't know the best way to... Archaic? Well, it's not necessarily... Primitive would be... Primitive would probably be the closest... Let's let's think Native Americans. So with Native Americans, you know, a lot of their religious rituals Mm -hmm. involve using things like peyote, um, hallucinogenics, expanding the mind going on vision quests, using sweat lodges. And it's yeah. about getting a different perspective while using these hallucinog- you know, hallucinogenics. Yeah. Um, and they often have spiritual encounters with animals. Yeah, totally. You take the place of an eagle or a wolf or an elk, and you see the world through the buffalo's eyes, and it gives you perspective. And so I think yeah. it's very interesting that... Your friend had had discussed, you know, brought up the the idea or the premise that animals are perpetually in this this state of, you know, a, a hallucinant, like psychedelic, a psychedelic world or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. Where you know, because there's a lot of historical context that kind of lends that to be a very interesting like a shared belief yeah that's a shared belief i think and and like putting it out there and really thinking about it and like ruminating on it and like actually approaching animals that way like especially if you have had psychedelic experiences in the past like some of us may have or may not have had allegedly allegedly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) then uh it really it, it, it'll like blow your mind, man. It blows, it blew my mind and it still is like, that's where I've been for the past couple of days. But anyway, uh, especially when you put it into context like that, like the sacraments of these, of these tribal nations that pertain to their religions and their rituals all include animals. Yeah. They all include animals. Yeah. Like you can go to like, uh, like Peru and go into like the forest and do ayahuasca, which is a version of like DMT, dimethyltryptamine, which is like the most intense psychedelic trips out there that are like even possibly you could ever even imagine. Okay, they almost all include animals, yep. jaguars, frogs, you know, you name it, right? Right. Um, and then we were talking about Native American tribes. We're talking about coyotes, and we're talking about um, 
you know, uh, lizards or, or buffaloes oh, or whatever it might be. It's just it's just the POV going, of an animal. Going it's back amazing. to uh, Scandinavian tribes, like you know, Viking Viking era tribes, there was a close relationship with animals uh, in their religion or religious practices. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's like you know, what's crazy to think about. This just hit me, but um, you know, Odin. So, like, the whole thing with the raven and Odin was right. that, like, the ravens were the eyes of Odin. Correct. And also Ra. So, a scarab is, was known as the eyes of Ra. Like, well, Ra Osiris, would take... Osiris was a bird. Osiris, you know, was, Osiris a bird. was a bird. Anubis was a dog. Right. Uh, I mean, all of that cats, stuff. Cats were worshipped. Were worshipped. Absolutely, man. The Gallic tribes, uh, ancient Celtic tribes, they yeah. all, uh, Druids had certain... Religious experiences and rituals, and you know they they were all predicated on nature, animals, bears. Yeah, um, and and I'm almost positive. I'm, I, I mean, I would be willing to bet money that all of those religious, all those religious groups that we just named, just throughout history, just off the top, off the cuff. This whole conversation is completely off the cuff. Like we're just talking about it. That's the name of the segment. Just right? talking about. And and uh, they almost all of them use. Um, psychedelics in some form or fashion, or some sort of drugs. They, you know, they were um, like even the Vikings. Man, those people were known as like berserkers because yeah. they would eat uh, Amanita muscaria before going into battle and just trip their balls off and go into the battle without fear, one hundred percent fearless. And they would were called berserkers. Yeah, like I mean, uh, so like a lot of people don't even know that. Like Vikings definitely trip balls. Like Egyptians definitely trip balls. There's a plant. In uh, that part of the Middle East called the acacia, and there's a strain of acacia that has a high uh, potency of DMT. Now, granted, you have to use an AMO inhibitor in order to get it, but uh, burned properly, there are you could definitely trip out, you know. And I'm sure I'm sure they developed uh, developed techniques to make that. I mean, if they can build pyramids. I'm sure they can figure out how to trip off that plant, right? So yeah, I listened to the audiobook version of the Old Testament one time. Mm-hmm. And they kept referring to uh, whenever Moses was in the desert, um, you know, they were out there for like 40 years or something. Yeah, 40 years. And they kept always refer to uh, a tent that they had with them where they would go to talk to God. Right. Okay. So the way that I like to interpret that is they had a tent <laughs> brought with them out there where they were going there and probably, you know, light this acacia strain of plant on fire and hotbox that motherfucker well you know it's interesting that when moses communicated with god and and received the ten commandments he was talking to a burning bush yeah which i know exactly that's kind of where i was going with that so like this acacia strain of high concentrated dmt which grows naturally in that region uh i mean you kind of see where i'm going with that right i mean that's That's, that is fascinating have who, i never told you that before who would have, no i mean i just i, I made never, that i made I that connection ex- years and years ago yeah well i've never i never expected uh this to go down mm-hmm. that path but that's, that's let's talk about it i'm i'm <laughs> fascinated i hope you're fat because i'm this has just been a great i'm a philosopher i like okay so i uh am sober and um like i'm very proud of it because it's something I never thought would happen. Me too. Personally. Sobriety for the win. And uh, one thing that I've really been getting off on, man, like one thing that's really replaced um, that high, like chasing the dragon, if you will, 
um, <clears throat> has been like philosophy. Yeah. Like I like I've always been into philosophy, but also like the theological ideas behind uh, <laughs> you know like just connecting dots. Like okay, there's a lot of people out there who believe everything for what it is, and that's perfectly fine, man. I love that actually. I love that there's a segment of the population that can take what they read to heart, yep. but I interpret things like very differently. Sure. Um, maybe because, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been called permafraud before. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that I can, I think that I have made like some like logical connections that make sense to me and it's beautiful. And if it makes any sense to anybody else, then that's beautiful too. But if not, like feel free to reach out and let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like things like that, man, I, I just, I love I love it. It's like really, that's probably part of the reason why I've been in this like Zen state of mind recently. Like I started a new career. It's something I really love and feel connected to. It's something I feel comfortable doing and I'm sober for the first time in a long time. And I've just been studying a lot of different philosophies. I've been opening up the readings of uh, Ram Dass again, which is Richard Alpert, which is an amazing story as well. So Richard Alpert is one of the scientists that helped create LSD. And he uh, was, like, fascinated with, like, gurus in India and and Eastern traditions. And he flew from America. I think he went to Stanford. Maybe he went to Harvard. I can't remember. But um, somewhere in the Northeast, some, like, prestigious college. Totally just left that all behind. It took a bunch of LSD and flew to India, found these gurus, and was doing a fucking thought experiment of his own where he was dosing these gurus over there to see what would happen, to see how they would feel about it, see what kind of spiritual... Uh, revelations they might have and so he would go to this gurus I think he went to uh, Nimkaroli Baba eventually is the one that he studied under but he traveled and went to these gurus dosing them with LSD giving them like one hit yeah. and then seeing nothing happen and then going back the next day and giving them like two or three hits yeah. and then nothing happening and then giving them like four or five <laughs> six hits all at once and then nothing happening and he's just perplexed and his mind is blown and uh, he asks them, like, what is going on? How is this possible? How are you not on the floor crying like a little baby or, you know, just running around naked or whatever somebody that takes that kind of hit you right. know, does? And they tell him, man, I'm a guru. I'm already here. Oh, like, yeah. We're already there. Like, there's no necessary – this is this is medicine for people who aren't there. Right. You know? Oh, and, and And so uh, – and so, like, that kind of ties into the whole, like, animals, like, pets and stuff like that, man. If you approach a pet like they are on, like, they're already on that level, then your mind will be blown. I don't know. Mine has been. And then if you take all that stuff into consideration as far as, like, the theological um, stories where you can really actually connect the dots to animals and psychedelics and... Uh, you know, walking through the desert for 40 years talking to God in a tent specifically only made to talk to a tent, you know, only made to talk to God, and then, like, a burning bush, like, that whole, like, thing, and then there's a bush that naturally grows with concentrated DMT naturally. It just blows my mind, and... So, yeah, I, I don't want to misquote Mark Twain, but there there's a Mark Twain quote that he said, I, I have never let my schooling interfere with my education. Wow. And, and I mean, yeah, it, it's it, it is a well-known theory that you know what they're teaching you in school is not necessarily what you need to learn. It's what they're teaching you in school, and I I recognized that when I was in high school, I I kept showing up, and I realized, like you've been teaching me the same thing year after year, like you keep recycling the same crap, 
and telling, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. If I don't, I'm never going to be successful. And I keep telling you, that's not right. And you talk to me like I'm an idiot and expect, like, you, you know so much more. And I will tell you, now at 31 years old, I was right. I yeah. was right at 16. I was right at 17. Yeah. I was right. I didn't need to continue to go to school. I had learned everything I needed to know. Did you imply that thought process whenever you were teaching in high school? I did. As a teacher? As a teacher, this is the same process that, the same thing that I made sure my students knew. Not that school was pointless, but that they needed to have a specific reason for coming to school because going to school because their teachers are telling them that their high school diploma is so significant is a lie. Yeah. It is the one of the biggest lies that we tell kids in society over the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah. You don't your high school diploma does not translate to success. Yeah. Your high school diploma does not make you a more skilled worker. It doesn't make you a more skilled and knowledgeable person or a what productive it, part of society. It either. does not make you a productive yeah. part of society. Yeah. yeah. You you get the bare minimum of what you need to pass some tests. And then they send you to college and you know I'm I went back to college at 29 years old. Yeah. I did go to college when I was like 18 mm-hmm. uh, for maybe a semester or two. I'd like to point out the dichotomy of you and I real quick because I did graduate high school um, and then went to college and dropped out of college. <laughs> <laughs> Where you gra- dropped out of and, yeah. and you dropped out, dropped of, high out of high school and, and, graduated, from and graduated from college, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I- I'm just a low-level learner and you're a higher level learner i suppose with but my, i do with my, with my ged i do have ex, i do have extensive uh higher level education but it's all voca- vocational yeah i mean, I mean and, and that's the thing is you you know <clears throat> you you graduated high school yeah i didn't graduate high school i feel that it's reasonable to say that we both enjoyed some very successful careers yeah you know absolutely uh, now i'm uh not intentionally retired at the moment and you're doing piercings at a tattoo studio but <laughs> we're both living our best lives i'm in, like in honestly like the happiest that i've been yeah. in a long time right now i mean I, yeah. like I said, this is it was an it was a non-deliberate retirement that i found myself in but i'm enjoying it i like the freedom and flexibility to you know do whatever so what what i noticed when i first went back to college uh a year and a half ago was I was in honors or GT or AP. I don't remember what they're called classes in high school. So I was in the more advanced level classes. But at 29, when I went back to college, one of the classes I hadn't taken was English 2. You know, English 2301 or 1302 or, you know, whatever it is in college. College English 2. Yeah. And the expectation of work that was required of me was absolutely no different than what the expectation of work was required of me my sophomore or junior year of high school. I had to write a research paper. I don't remember what year we had to write research papers in high school. Sophomore, junior year, something like that. But the the expectation at the college level a decade after I graduated from high school was the same as what the expectation was when I was in high school. And that's the shift that our education system has is they have lowered the bar to where you're not graduating 
with that same skill of writing. You're not graduating with that same level of literacy. You're not graduating with those skills that even a decade ago we did, and now you go to college. They're just repeating it. It's the same shit, different day. And what we're getting in college, I so the college semester started yesterday, mm-hmm. and the first thing that I've noticed mm-hmm. yesterday, I'm already upset about mm-hmm. the college. We are two days into the new college semester. I'm upset because I'm taking a I'm a history major, so I'm I'm taking a lot of you know senior level history courses. Yeah. One of the courses that I'm taking, I was very excited about. This was, is to get your bachelor's. This is to get yeah, this is to finish my bachelor's. To finish your bachelor's, okay. So I'm taking uh, a American history, 1945 to present. Okay. Which is current history. Yeah. I'm very excited about this because That's cool. 1945 to 2020, there's been a lot a that's lot. happened in America. Yeah. My teacher. When was the Industrial Revolution? 1870-ish. Are we in a second Industrial Revolution right now? We're in a technological revolution. Okay. It would be more accurate as a technological revolution. Okay. Now we. It's could, comparable though, right? It, it's comparable in the sense that the landscape of the economy and how things are done are completely changing. Yeah. Especially, I think that. I think we were probably five years to ten years away from a true technological takeover as far as like oh, yeah. Zoom and things like that. Oh, absolutely. And Corona has accelerated that yeah. to where I think in a lot of industries we're not going to go back. No, to, there's no way. There's no going back. Now that we have Zoom meetings and things like that, we're, we're, we're going to see – for one, it makes perfect sense from a payroll standpoint. <laughs> you can – Instead of having a manager and 20 employees in, in an office, yeah. you can have people stay at home, lose the office, take that rent from, you know, you, you cut, yeah. cut rent there, and you don't need eight managers to supervise all these employees because one manager can remotely supervise 80 or 90 employees. Brick and mortar storefronts, brick and mortar oh. office buildings are, are going to be a thing. It's, of the past. What's, what yeah. I'm most upset about it is that the mom and pop shop and the entrepreneurial. Uh, individual is really at a crossroads and I'm not sure how long businesses like that are going to be able to stay up. Well, you know, uh, humans are industrious by nature. There's yeah. always We're always going to find some way because people are going to want to get out of their house after spending 40 sure. hours a week at sure. home telecommuting. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to want to get out. I don't think that stuff's going away, but I think that well, a lot of things are going to change. Just see, you'll, see, you'll see a transition and, and, you know, you'll see a transitional period to where those brick and mortar stores might become more cafes instead of yeah, hardware stores. True. Instead of an office building, it becomes something else. Yeah, you know, uh, I, you don't have you don't have a real need for that. I read this week that um, since Google is having all of their employees telecommute via uh, the COVID nineteen crisis, mm-hmm. that they are saving like hundreds of millions of dollars since the beginning of this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Just and, in having just just by having them all telecommunicate. The yeah. The or telecommute rather environmental impact is massive. Oh yeah. So as oh, much I as I despise working at the city of Dallas, there's one thing that the city of Dallas did that I thought was uh, very forward thinking. And instead of having people work five eight hour shifts a week, mm-hmm. they had people work four ten because that cut down your commute. That's one day a week less that you're driving. Yeah. And so they had figures and statistics on how much huh. you save and, and you know how much pollution you cut down just by doing that. And 
And that was those are the sort of things that we really need to be conscientious to think about. And by telecommuting, we're I mean that's a huge reduction in carbon emissions. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I remember whenever um, this whole lockdown for the pandemic yeah. happened, and in case anybody needs to know how we feel about uh, this situation, yep. <clears throat> I'd like to reiterate: whenever this happened, whenever the original lockdown of the pandemic, the happened, fifteen days to stop the curve, uh-huh. one hundred and fifty days ago, when all of the cars were gone from the highway for those oh, two weeks. Oh my gosh, dude, that was wonderful. I I remember hearing about uh in like los angeles where it's like the highest density one of the highest density populations of the u.s and also like one of the like uh cities in the u.s that's constant gridlock all the time that for the first time in 60 70 years that town wasn't covered in smog I and, saw in the, in the actual O2 uh, concentrations. Dolphins the came air. back to areas like in India and stuff. Yeah. Do- and and in, I think in Hong oh, Kong. Oh, Italy. Dolphins Italy. came back to Italy yeah. or Greece or somewhere over there, man. Like, that's yeah. so wild, dude. And that was like within like a 15 day span. Just, I mean, though, yeah. 15 days did absolutely nothing for this BS corona nonsense, but it did great things for nature. And we if should- it's part of the plan in the pandemic if that's a part of it then that's like the only part that i'm like on board about like that's yeah, kind of actually I, I'm, I highly doubt it was i'm probably more of just a byproduct of it yeah but it, was, it was an accidental byproduct they don't give it they don't give a damn about that nobody but, nobody does but i mean i'm a big fan of nature and i think the more that more we can do to return to being to cohabitate with nature yeah. is is in the benefit of everybody i mean it's not it's not just in the benefit of nature it's in the benefit of humanity to not destroy our planet yeah, I mean, we are, uh, you know, I, I, I heard, so if you, take, if, if you take everything at face value and you're kind of going along the, the, the premise that, um, that this is just natural selection, that the whole COVID... Uh, Taking an evolutionist standpoint. Uh-huh, yeah, if you take that standpoint behind it, you know, I heard an interesting theory that the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus, was an antibiotic dispersed by the earth to get rid of its cancer i.e. the cancer being humans destroying the earth and you know if that is what's really going on then that makes a lot of sense too considering in 15 days dolphins were coming back to the shores of Italy and Greece and India and it cleaned up a lot of stuff and and as a byproduct people are going to start telecommuting and the O2 and the air from uh, all the cars and gridlock constantly over the past 40-50 years is being cleaned up then that's just an interesting uh, there's an argument to be made about thought process natural selection you know sure And, and one of my biggest things you know is not obviously that I wanted millions of people to die when when this COVID-19 outbreak happened. But it was the premise, the hubris that humanity expressed suddenly that they were too good to die. Everybody came out and suddenly as as a human being, you had some sort of inalienable right to live forever. That if a disease happens, everybody in the world has to stop what they're doing because you might get sick. Because you're entitled to live forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. And I was baffled. It, I don't know at what point we have become so 
self-centered and, and that we can't die anymore. And it's not that it's not that I I think that it's something to celebrate millions of people dying or you know right. it's been like maybe 150,000 people that have died now, you know, far away from the hundreds of millions or 20s of millions of people. But if something happens and the possibility is that people may die. Mm. That is a natural part of life, especially when you're talking about disease. I mean, I'm not talking about poisoning somebody's water supply and be like, well, people die, they die. <laughs> but this is a natural occurring, it's a virus. Viruses happen. Yeah. You know, you you are suddenly so preoccupied with yourself that you're willing to destroy people's businesses, destroy the economy, cause millions of people to suffer. Yeah. So that you can protect the possibility of getting a disease that may kill you. And that's what it really comes down to. It was not about protecting Nana and Papa. It wasn't about it wasn't about stopping a curve. It was the first time in a long time. Like a hundred like hundred years. Like a hundred years. It, yeah. For Americans. Yeah. Where one of these outbreaks didn't happen in Africa or didn't happen sure. in a third world country. It didn't happen somewhere away where we can send our 20 cents a day yeah. and go, well, I've done my part, you know, hey, we're, we're Americans and we're caring. All of a sudden, people in America are getting sick. People yeah. in America mm -hmm. could possibly die. And Americans couldn't deal with that. <laughs> Americans are so spoiled. Self-absorbed, spoiled, and... Entitled. Un unable to, like, even uh, picture the thought of it coming home. Yeah. And, yeah, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, we've got to shut... We gotta shut we gotta shut the world down. Mm -hmm. Not just we're not shutting America down. We're shutting the whole world down. Everything, <laughs> everything has to stop until we as Americans are guaranteed that nobody's gonna die. So Dunbar's number is the number of uh, people that you can actively keep in your head at one time and recognize and remember. Relationships. Relationships, exactly. So with that being said, humans are tribal by nature, and so with that Dunbar's number only being 150. You know, but in all actuality, you've got maybe four, five, six, seven, eight hundred followers, uh, and you follow fifteen hundred on Instagram and social media, whatever it might be. You are actively trying to expand that number, which is an impossibility. So what really happens is also we get the news from all over the planet all at once, and we think that we are uh, actually a bigger tribe than what you actually internally are. You know, what your uh, biological response might be would be, we have to lock down the whole world because it's here. It's here. It's here. It's finally here. We have to lock down everything, which is uh, just a byproduct of, of these technological um, well, I would, age that we're in. I know? would proffer an idea that maybe we have less significant, like our 150... That 150 number, that Dunbar's number, is about relationships that we have. You yeah. Know, actual, actual relationships. Um, and I would say that because of the way social media has influenced the last decade of society, and especially the generations, we're kind of on the cusp of that generation. Yeah, we are. But the generations after us. Oh, my God. Social media has replaced the significance of an actual relationship. Whereas you have very limited people who you engage with in a genuine manner yeah. where, but you have 
thousands of people who you engage with in a herd type of mentality and become part of this um, it's like a lemming a group of lemmings so it's like the tribal mentality is going away and it's turning into more of a herd right i mean it's it's everybody everybody there's not a lot of individualism Mm -hmm. it's all like in order to have individual thought Mm -hmm. you have to go and make sure that your thought is validated online before you can you know actually prescribe to that idea like you kind of test the waters say something out there make sure that your 800 followers are going to agree yeah. And support that, and then then you adopt that as as an ideology, and it's like, what what are you thinking? You like, got to make sure that your herd is okay with your word. That's fascinating stuff. Fascinating. You can quote me on that. <laughs> the herd is the word. Yeah. All right. So moving forward, uh, one of JP's favorite things is bitching and moaning. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very good friend of mine. And he does it very well. He. Yeah. Uh, so I want to hear the stupidest thing you read all week. This is the stupidest thing you read all week segment. Got, I've actually got two this week because I got sidetracked. Well, we I got <laughs> sidetracked when we were doing our uh-huh. let's talk about it segment, yeah. and I forgot to finish my rant. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna finish it now. Let's have it. Let's the it. the class that I'm taking the the 1945 to present history course. Yep. I sit in this meeting with my professor and I am told that the class is going to be four books. I read the four books. I write four papers. Okay. That's the class. I'm paying $3,000 for this course. There's no lecture. There's no discussion. There's nothing. It's I'm going to read four books that already exist in the world. Do you think it's structured that way because you're doing it online? I think it's, you know what I mean? Like Possibly, if you were going to a class, I think it poss- might be a little bit different. I think that there's an argument that could be made because the pandemic has influenced some of the way that we're doing school. But I feel like there should still be – like I'm not – I think 1945 to 2020 is such an important part of history. And I oh, like yeah. getting the cultural perspective uh, from – cultural perspective from other members of the class yeah. and my professor who's like born in Britain and you know she's oh my god that would be so cool to I get think, her perspective on it I think she's she's a, she's a Pakistani British American you know cool. like that's so super, cool dude super unique I would love to have dinner with her and just talk and pick her brain man and uh I'm, and you're I not given like, that opportunity yeah I feel that like sucks. I'm kind of being deprived of like I can go read these four books like my thing is, I'm, I'm paying $3,000 for this college course. I can go read four books without paying three. I mean, I have to pay for books anyway, so, so I, I literally don't have, And then... Essentially, what she's doing is she's testing your, your, your comprehension skills. Uh, by writing a paper. By writing you a paper know, about a like, book. I don't, wow. And, and history is, is not about facts. I mean, it's about facts, but like I said, history is about perspective. Yeah. It's about understanding concepts, and really, it, it's about creating an argument. History is all about an argument. Mm-hmm. So I was a little. Uh, it's not the stupidest thing I read all week, but I was I was let down. The stupidest thing I read all week <laughs> was a brilliant article uh, entitled "Why Stoplights or Traffic Lights Are Perpetrating Racism." Uh, huh? Yeah. So that's. Uh, I know it. It's it's confusing. Um, Say it one more time. Why traffic lights perpetrate racism? Ugh. 
So what you what you didn't realize out there in America was every time that you come to a stoplight, that stoplight is a symbol of racism, mm. and it is oppressing minority communities around this country. Mm. And I, for one, will not stand for that sort of injustice. I think it's ridiculous. Nor should you, listener. Uh, yeah, y- y'all need to y'all need to write your congressman and demand that we end the injustice of traffic lights. <laughs> we have to say, remember. It's not good enough to not be a racist. You have to be actively anti-racist. And these stoplights have to come <laughs> Random facts. That's right. This is the random facts portion of the uh, podcast. I have a random fact. It's more of a fucking statement, though. Uh, I mean, it, it, a fact is, is a fact. Is a statement that is true okay so uh this is random too i have basil scented soap the myers brand sure soap in my bathroom and i washed my hands before i brushed my teeth this morning and so i brushed my teeth and then i went to go cup some water in my hands and kind of like rinse my mouth out with it uh basil scented soap does not taste like basil interesting (laughs) Thank, thank you for uh that's my random Thank fact. Thank you for helping us out. I have a random fact as well uh, that you should appreciate. All right. Do you happen to know when the first official documented use of drugs was? Were? The first official? The first officially documented use of drugs. No. It was old philosopher Hippopotamus. Just kidding. Hippocrates. Uh-huh. In the 4th century BC, who cool. talked about the divine uh, uses of opium. So before we get out of here, Chris, let's give our loyal listeners a quote to take with them as they go forward into their work week. Okay. Um, so I do have a quote that ties together a little bit with the... Uh, sentiment earlier that I was talking about how I have been called permafried but the only reason I've been called permafried is just purely because I think a little bit differently sometimes and I perceive things differently alright with that being said the quote I don't know who said it it's something I've heard maybe once but stuck with me and it is that the psychotic drowns in the same waters the shaman swims well that certainly sounds varied yeah you know like uh, the psychotic might pertain to people who are schizophrenic, but are surrounded in uh, by people who don't understand exactly what they're saying or trying to say. Maybe the real thing is that they're seeing something that we're not, <clears throat> and they're trying to explain what's going on. You know, whereas essentially a shaman, uh, in the classical um, definition, is. A person who's seeing into a spirit world and can explain it more thoroughly and understandably. Yeah. Right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, there are still shamans in... South America. Vietnam. Vietnam. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I haven't studied a lot of South American religions, but I, I do remember distinctly mm. studying shamans from, like, Vietnam and the Philippines. Oh, that's cool. I don't know um, anything about those guys. Yeah, so it, fascinating. World religions, you know. I yeah, took, that's cool. I, I got to experience so many this is really my first real exposure to the existence of shamans presently 
Yeah, so the psychotic drowns in the same waters the shaman swims. So my, I already gave everybody my quote. Uh, we'll just punctuate it. Reiterate. Mark Twain, I have never let my schooling interfere with my education. Beautiful. I, I love it. Twain was, Twain was so well-spoken. Very prolific. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, we come to that time of the week where we get to tell everybody goodbye. And uh, Chris, as always, I've, I've had an absolute blast just sitting around recording me and you having a great conversation. Um, again, I, as always, like to give a big thank you to Kyle Ramos and the Slightly Sophisticated Podcast. Uh, had a great conversation with you the other day, and I spoke to you the other uh, spoke to you actually last night. Um, we had a nice little chit chat. I, I love the work that you're doing. He uh, started a nonprofit, Libertarians for Legislation, or I, I hope I got that right, buddy. If not, uh, <laughs> you can you let me know. <laughs> and um, Chad Jackson, uh, we we uh, actually invited me onto a sit down show that he does last week i think it was i think i went on that show after we shot our podcast yeah you did um, i think it was the next day it was the next day so i mean chad had a great great conversation with you buddy and i really appreciate you know just your your insight and uh perspective that that you gave me i hope he doesn't try to flip that on you like only keep like certain like <laughs> comments that you made like he like edits it to make you uh, seem like a terrible he, person he, 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 <laughs> he lied he lied strong uh, oh it was a live stream yeah, perfect I mean, okay he, i thought he, about he that i meant to it. tell you that no, like dude wouldn't that be like wouldn't that no, suck <laughs> there were there were actually no nefarious reasons um yeah you know yeah, yeah. He, he was just no, a super sure. genuine super genuine dude and, and sure. i just had a great a great conversation with him yeah that's cool man that's cool um I'd like to do, you know, a couple shout outs, man. Like I said, I've been in the very like Zen state and actually happy, excuse me, very happy for the first time in a, in a minute, man. Um, probably due to a lot of people that I've been surrounding myself with. Um, so again, I want to shout out to the tattoo studio I work at Cracker Jack Tattoo Studio in Halton City, um, Texas. You guys are the wind beneath my wings. Um, we've got new designs coming for our uh, company, Bear Bayou Livestock Co., um, thank you, Dalton King, for that. He's an artist up there. He's amazing. He's an amazing kid. Um, <clears throat> he's 23 years old, and he's one of the most prolific artists that I've ever met in person. Um, and Nasser Hamad, thank you, bro. Thank you so much for our intro and outro song. It is blows my mind. Sometimes I just jam it. Sometimes I do, man. It's only a minute and a half I, long. I jam, it, I jam it, too. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. The riffs are sick, bro. So with that being said, we'll leave you on that. And uh, don't don't forget to follow us at Welcome Stranger Podcast oh, yeah. on Instagram. Do that. Um, That's a good idea. And uh, at Welcome Stranger Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, and we're gonna post some cool pictures to the um, to the page this week that pertain to this episode, just so you can kind of get a good idea of what's going on, like what kind of the stuff that we were talking about. Um, yup. And uh, you guys can just get a little bit more insight to who we are. Anyway, thank you guys. Uh, don't be a stranger.
Thank you.